following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Well, hello, everyone. I hope you were so blessed by the worship as I was. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I am looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If ever in the history of our nation and the world, is there a time to keep our eyes focused on the Lord? Now is the time. And so thank you so much for engaging with us today online. We've got a great treat for you. We're going to be bringing a great message today. Uh, As many of you know, we believe worship and giving are the same. And so we thank God for the worship that we experienced, but also we'd like to say a giving direct uh, declaration out loud because we believe we can change our world and our atmosphere with our words. And so those of you that are giving today, whether you're giving by mailing the check-in or giving online or giving on the app, we want to bless our giving with a declaration. So would you join me now? We'll put it on the screen. Let's say it out loud together. Today, we worship the Lord in giving because of his love and generosity he has bestowed on us. We give cheerfully and expectantly, knowing God will reward and bless. In obedience to God's promise of seeking his kingdom first, we boldly confess all our needs will be supplied. Therefore, we declare there is no lack and an abundant harvest and supply is our portion. To God be the glory. Amen and amen. I've been meditating on a scripture recently. Isaiah 30, 15 simply says, God speaking to Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength, but you would not. Speaking to the nation of Israel, God is saying, there's a place in me that if you will return to me and you will rest in me and you will just be silent and confident, it will give you the strength you need to go through a particular season in your life. I believe that's where we are as a nation, as a people. We're navigating interesting times, but God's got a promise in returning and rest, you shall be saved. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, one of our own here at Word Alive, has written a book, Sacred Rest, and God has given her a divine revelation to allow us to tap into the rest that God promises. Hebrews 4, God's word says there's a rest for the children of God that's available because the works are finished from the foundations of the world, but you have to enter in by faith. I'm believing today as she shares this message with us, that you and I are going to get a revelation of the rest of God. And we're going to enter in by faith. And as we're journeying into 2021, this is going to be our mantra. We're going to live in the rest of God. In returning and rest, we are going to be saved because God has already finished the works for us from the foundations of the world. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. And in his word, he said, in the world, you will have tribulation but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So let's go now and let's by faith enter into the rest that God promises for us. And I pray as Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith shares, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will touch you and I 
right here in our homes today so that we can live in the rest and the peace of God. So watch this and be blessed. Well, hello, everyone. Again, I just wanted to say so big thank you to Dr. Dalton Smith, uh, our own beloved Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith here at Word Alive. She's written the book Sacred Rest uh, that is now gone global and touched so many people's lives. And she agreed to spend some time with us today to help us enter into this place of sacred rest. I believe if we ever need to hear about this in any time of history and in our, especially our nation here in America, we need to hear this message today. I've been inspired by the scriptures she used. Also, I've personally been inspired reading Hebrews 4 that says God has planned for us a rest, a place of holy rest, and we have to enter in by faith. And so, uh, Dr. Dalton Smith, we're so glad you're here with us today. Can you give us a sneak peek of what you're going to be talking to us about? Yeah, it's really just trying to get to the root of where we're at in our lives. I think so many of us, we're busy doing all the things, trying to keep our kids moving with school with, and working from home and trying to navigate all the changes that have happened, that is really easy to get to a place where you are not able to really hold everything God's trying to give you. Our capacity and our rest are so closely connected that we really have to get to the bottom. Are we kind of working out of our overwhelm or working out of our overflow? Kind of where are we at with God right now? I love that. I want to have, I want to have overflow, not being overwhelmed. Yes. Well, I love the concept and I really appreciate you taking time to share with us today. Just tell us a little bit about uh, a couple of minutes, if you don't mind. Uh, I know I've gotten to connect with you on these lines, but tell us a little bit about the book, uh, the doors it's opened up. I think people will be interested to kind of know kind of what platforms you're able to minister on now. It's just been amazing to see what God's, God can do with a yes, because that's really all it was. You know, the book opens up with my own personal story of burnout of getting at the end of myself, you know, at that point where I felt like, I felt like God had so many different things that he wanted from me. And I just didn't have the energy to do any of that. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, where you are trying to build a life that is God honoring and that supports your family, but you also want one that actually feels good to live. You know, one thing that I always re recall you saying when i very first time I met you was that we're not living to wait to get to heaven. We should mm. be experiencing some of heaven on earth, that that is part of it. Yes, there are going to be trials and tribulations and troubles, but there's a goodness in life that we should be experiencing. And that's what I had gotten to the point that I wasn't experiencing anymore. I was spending so much time working and not any time really reflecting on what God was doing, reflecting on his goodness, on his blessings, on his mercy. And that's where the book opens up at. And so I just go really kind of personal into my own story and kind of the, the process God took me through to get back to an understanding of how little I really trusted him and that relationship that trust has with rest. Well, as far as I understand, this book now has opened the doors for you to minister in uh, Christian settings, secular settings all, all over the globe, basically now. Yeah, it's been amazing because he has been able to, to kind of relate it to people who don't even always really appreciate the word. Um, in government settings and countries that um, are not Christian-based countries, um, Muslim countries have invited me into their hospital systems to, to teach this concept. It's really helped me to see what it means to be the ecclesia, the, to bring in kind of the, 
the leaven of heaven into the dough of society because people want truth. Mm. Sometimes they're not ready yet to receive the word Jesus or to understand who he is in our life, but they want truth and truth resonates. It resonates past your mind and actually gets to the core of the issue. And so it's been wonderful just to see the different doors that have opened corporately and within the body of Christ, just to share this message of rest. And really it's a message of hope, a hope that we don't have to live burned out, fatigued, exhausted, that we can be overflowing, that we can be fully functional in all the different areas God has us moving with our purpose and do so with joy. Well, we're honored that you would take time to share the message with us today. And I just thought it fitting as we're entering the 2021, you know, God created and on the seventh day rested. Uh, isn't it interesting that God begins each and every day? The Hebraic thought is the evening and the morning were the first day. God wants us to begin and rest. And I just thought it would be so powerful if we could, by faith, receive this word and enter into the rest of God right now in the beginning of 2021 so that the rest of the year, our journey would be birthed out of this message of rest. And so my prayer today that as Dr. Dalton Smith shares with us, uh, this revelation about rest, it will take deep root in our souls and we will enter the rest of God by faith and we will be blessed in 2021. So watch this and be blessed. If you had to describe yourself at this moment, would you say that you are more burned out or on fire? Because they can look very similar, but they feel very different. And I often tell people that during a, the part of, period of my life when I probably had what most people would say looked like a very successful life on the outside, about five years ago, I had so many things going on and it looked so successful on the outside, but it didn't feel good on the inside to live because I wasn't living on fire. I was living burned out. And so what I want us, us to do is we're going to take a look at really why is it that we have such a hard time with rest? Why is it that we have such a hard time with getting to that understanding of why it is something God's commanded for us to do? Why it is part of the Ten Commandments? Why is it something that God wants for us? So I want us to start by looking at Isaiah 30, and it's verse 12 through 15. I'm just going to read it to you from the, the ESV version. Therefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression, and, and perverseness, and rely on them. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you like a breach in a high wall, bulging out and about to collapse. Has anybody ever been there on the verge of collapse? Whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant, and its breaking is like that of a potter's vessel that is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments not a shard is found with which to take fire from the hearth or to dip water out of the cistern. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But this is the part of that scripture that really hit me. But you were unwilling. When I read that for the first time, and I'm sure I'd read that portion of scripture scripture before. I'd gone through the Bible from cover to cover a couple of times in my life, but during this part of my life, when I had gotten to the point of really feeling like that potter's vessel that had been smashed, when you get to that point of burnout, it's hard to hold on to any of the blessing God's pouring in your life. 
things like your children, your marriage, your health, all of it seems like you're that sift that things are just going through, but nothing is being held. And so I started looking at what really is the, the issue that's not just the physical part, but the spiritual part that kept me from wanting to rest. And so I'm going to share a bit of my story with you and how this scripture fed me and related to me. And maybe you can kind of piece from it some areas that you can relate to that you may be experiencing as well. One of the things that I really had to come to grips with was why was I so afraid to rest? And what I found is that I never really thought about the relationship between trust and rest. Because really, the amount of rest that we allow in our lives is a direct reflection to how much we trust God. Many of us will say, oh, I trust God. You know, I believe and I trust what he says. But then if you're really trusting, why is it so often that we feel like we cannot release things or we cannot rest and allow things to, to simply be, to step away from something for a moment if we trust that he can uphold it while we're releasing it? And I found that the more that I tried to hold on to things, the more exhausted and the more fatigued I become, the, the quicker I was going to burn out because I wasn't allowing myself to go through those natural cycles of restoration that rest is really meant to accomplish. Those times that those six days a week you work, one day a week you're resting, to have that moment of restoration in between the busy so that the work that I was doing wasn't always coming out of my emptiness, but that I, it was coming out of my place of being full, of allowing myself time to be able to get into his presence, to get into his word, to step back from all the activity and to start looking at some of the gifts of rest. Now, I want us to think about this because when we think about some of the gifts of rest, I'm going to talk about three specific ones tonight. And we're going to look at how those are gifts. How is it that rest allows these things to manifest in our life in a way that takes us deeper into the type of relationship God wants us to have with him and our ability to do the things he's called us to do with excellence and with energy. One of the first ones is the gift of boundaries. Now, when I talk about boundaries, the very first thing we, we tend to think about is, is that boundaries for most of us is an area of difficulty. Have you ever tried to decide that you're going to take maybe two hours to go do something for yourself, some type of self-care activity, something to help you feel rested or restored? And the second you decide to do that, somebody calls you with, with an urgent need that they want you to go do that's going to pull you away from your hour or two of, of rest that you plan for yourself. Now, the problem with that is, now, if it's something that they're asking you to do that you truly love and want to do, that it's kind of a God opportunity, a divine assignment, then absolutely go do it. But who else, like me, have said yes to things just because you didn't want to disappoint someone else? That your people-pleasing tendencies kind of perked up and because you didn't want to have a confrontation or you didn't want to hurt their feelings, you, have, you find your mouth saying yes when everything in you is begging you to say no. That's where boundaries becomes important. Because when we start having those personal boundaries intact, it allows us to have permission to say no truthfully 
without the fear that those that allowing people to know that we have things that we also feel that are important to allow us to be our best self, that those things are important to us as well. And we're not willing to just lay them down because we are afraid that our no is gonna cause confrontation or conflict. And I want you to really start looking at that, that your personal boundaries help people to identify with what's important to you, what your priorities are, and where you really want to spend your time and, and to spend your in energy. Boundaries by nature have to be confrontational. That is what a boundary is. It has to have some level of confrontation, but that confrontation does not have to be the agitating. It doesn't have to be such that you're getting in a fight with someone because you're wanting to say no. It's just taking ownership of your ability to use that no effectively. And how many times have, have, have you thought about saying yes to something, not because you want it to, but because of fear, shame, or guilt? I know as a mom, sometimes the school will call about some type of volunteer activity. And I think, well, I wasn't there for this, that, or the other. And so that mom guilt pops up. And so all of a sudden, I'm saying yes to something, not because I feel like I'm being led to do it, not because it's one of my priorities, but I'm giving a yes out of, out of guilt at that time. Any yes out of fear, shame, or guilt really should be a no, because the motivation behind it is not coming from a godly place is coming from a place of wanting to, to almost redeem ourselves with ourselves, and that will never produce the result that we desire. The next gift I wanna look at is the gift of reflection. In Proverbs 27, 19, it says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. When you think about this, in science, when we talk about reflection, there's two parts to it. There's what we call reflection, which is a true image being cast back to you, and then there's something called refraction, where you get this, this kind of augmented image where it doesn't really look the same, but it looks similar. And oftentimes when we look at ourselves, when we look at our lives, when we look at our behaviors, the sins that are in our lives, the things that we're still trying to overcome, we're seeing ourselves through that refracted image of who, we're, who we have been, our past, our failures, and we're not allowing ourselves to see ourselves as God sees us. We're not getting that reflection that comes from, from allowing us to be spoken into by his spirit. And that is one of the gifts of rest. Rest can be messy sometimes because when you stop long enough really to take a hard look at your life, when you stop long enough to let Holy Spirit speak to you, sometimes the things you see are not what you want to see. And you can see when you're not truly in alignment with what he has for you. And you can see where corrections need to be made. And that is a gift because until you recognize it, it can't change. You can't change or confront something that you're running from, something that you won't sit still long enough to address. And that's one of the benefits of rest, to be able to have those opportunities to choose to be still and to know him, to be able to come away and to spend time with hearing and reading the word and allowing the word to speak to you who you are and, and what his plans for you are. One of the things about rest is that contemplative rest, that rest that comes from seeking and, and reflection has such great benefit in how we, feel, how we interact with other people and with the world. Because when we get a, a clear vision of our own spiritual identity, it really changes how we present. It changes how we interact with others and it changes with how we 
believe our relationship with God affects everything else around us. Um, oftentimes, some, when I see something that I want and I think, well, I, I don't deserve that. That's when it's a great time to st step back, to take a look at what does the word say about this? What does, what does God say about this particular thing? What does God say about my worthiness? Am I trying to prove my worthiness or is it already solidified in Christ? And so being able to take those contemplative rest moments in our lives and allowing them to, to reawaken our own identity in Christ so that we can get a true ref a reflection of what that looks like. And one thing about that that I, that I love is that when we talk about uh, reflection, I always think about um, when Moses was telling, was asking God to show him his glory. And I want to take a look at that and how God answered that request. It's from Exodus chapter 33, verse 13 through 23. And I'm not going to read that whole, that whole section, but I want you to take a look at that um, as you're studying for the week to take a look at that area. And it said, indeed, if now, if I indeed have found favor in your sight, please let me know your way that I may know you have found favor, in, that I have found favor in your sight. Remember that this nation is your people. And then God answered, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Or, or for how then can it be known that your people and I have found favor in your sight? And skipping around some, and then the Lord said to Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked. Because right before that, it says, um, how will you distinguish us from others? That you ask, if you have found favor in my sight, and I will know you by name. Then Moses says, please show me your glory. And the Lord replied, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, before you. I will have mercy on who I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. And he added, you can't see my face, so no one can see my face. And he continued, there is a place near me where you are to stand near a rock. And when my glory pass by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed. Then I will take away my hand and you will see my back. For my face has never been seen. Now, when I think about that, when we talk about, when we talk about reflection and we're trying to reflect back, in science, and I'm, I'm a physician, so I'm a bit of a nerd. I do a lot of science, science and, and comparison with science. But when we think about science, the reflection process with the sun and the moon and the light of what we call God is light. When we think about that process, the glory of God is, is a very similar thing. Glory has to be witnessed. It can't be manufactured. And so to be witnessed, it means that we have to actually take a moment to observe it. Just as Moses had to be placed somewhere placed in that cleft of the rock. And, you're, and if you think about it, a cleft of rock, you're not doing a lot of moving or you'd be off the edge. So you're, you're being placed on somewhere where you have to be still, where you're having to observe and witness and be in his presence. And that is so hard for so many of us because we feel like stillness is some type of punishment. We feel like stillness is like giving up or that in some way it is lesser work because we're not actively producing something in the moment. 
And what we have to understand is that glory can't be manufactured. You can't manufacture the presence of God. You can only witness it. And the witnessing of it requires you to be able to step away and to, and to be still and to go into a place of rest with him. And then the final gift of rest I want us to take a look at is the gift of freedom. Because the freedom to be able to rest in God is, is the one thing I found that has allowed me to do more in my, my sphere of influence than anything else. Because when I'm trying so hard to make it happen in my own strength, that is exhausting. When, I'm, when I've become, come to a place of surrender, where if it happens, it has to be on him, that I no longer feel the responsibility for it, there is a freedom and it releases me that when those moments do open themselves and present themselves, I don't walk into them exhausted. I can go from that feeling of overwhelm to overflowing. I can walk into those places then, not from my emptiness, but from my fullness, because I didn't have to burn myself out to get to whatever God was trying to get me to, or to move in whatever area God was moving me to. And so that gift of freedom really is obtained through that process of surrender. It's surrendering our need to have all the answer. It's surrendering our need to be in control. It's surrendering our need to, to know how the God's going to do it, to know the steps that God's going to have to take us through to get to that, to that destination. It means you have to stop wrestling with him. Just like Jacob wrestled with God, I spent most of my life wrestling with God. And the wrestling was that I was wrestling with, I wanted to know all the steps and the answers before I took a step. Before I obeyed, I wanted to know the finished product. I wanted to know the result without having to have faith. And that process of surrendering is a type of rest. It's a laying down of your will, a laying down of your need to have the answers. And it really is, it's, it's allowing yourself to, to stop wrestling with God, the sovereignty of God, to allow yourself to stop wrestling with him being in control. You really can't trust, you really aren't trusting someone that you're fighting with. You really can't receive from someone that you're, you, you're constantly in a battle with because there's always that tug and give and tug and give. And the relationship that, that results in that is an exhausted one. And so to get to that point of being able to be overflowing and not overwhelmed requires to begin that process of, of a deeper level of surrender. And there's freedom in that because at that point, you start seeing that your rest and your trust go hand in hand, that the level that you allow yourself to rest in who he is and in his sovereignty directly reflects the level of trust that you're exhibiting with him. And so the final scripture I want us to take a look at is from Romans 12, 11 through 12. And this is from the Message Bible. It states, do not burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Carefully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. And those times of prayer should be times that you are just allowing yourself to rest in his presence. Prayer is one of the the um, types of rest, I talk about seven types of rest. If, you, if that's what you expected tonight, that's not what I'm talking about tonight. 
So you can check out restquiz.com to learn about the seven types of rest, but I really want us to get an understanding of how rest and trust go hand in hand. And that if you take a look at your life right now, you think about when is the last time you actually broke away with God and you had just some one-on-one time with him. You know, I'm a physician, so people will schedule me in for an appointment and they'll come to that 15-minute appointment, you know, three, four times a year to get their physical. I think so many of us need to schedule those same appointments with God and be just as faithful to get our regular checkups with him to make sure that spiritually, mentally, emotionally, um, socially, relationally, in every area that we are making sure that we are staying at our highest level of capacity because we are staying on fire and not burned out. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.